sex is a much wider umbrella. It is pretty much whatever you want it to be, really. It's just about it's it's about pleasure. It's about intimacy. It's about human connection. Yes, it's also about procreation. It can be between a man and a woman, two men, two women, a combination thereof, whatever. Everyone's got their own relationship with sex and sexuality, and you know that can change, and that is. Something that、oh, yeah. you might not fully know straight away. You know, no one else can really tell you what you are or aren't. Talk about sex more. Have fun with it. It's not weird unless you make it weird to talk about.Refreshingly real, refreshingly honest, refreshingly human—a podcast about human connections, shared experiences, and finding that line of humanity. With your host, Hannah Pillow. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Refreshingly Human. It is Hannah Pillow here, and today I am joined by Dan. Hi, Dan. Hey. How are you doing? Yeah, not bad, not bad. How are you doing? Yeah, pretty good. Busy day.、Um, yeah, I I al- always put recordings to be done on like the beginning of the week, and then it's just like so busy. <laughs> Anyways, this is your first time on a podcast, right? Yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> weird. Yeah, I mean, I do plenty of sort of stuff online. You know, present webinars. Obviously, do the public speaking together and stuff. But I don't actually think I've done a podcast before. Yeah, well, first time for everything, I guess. Like on in lockdown, everyone's been doing something for the first time, like、uh, TikToks. <laughs> I've actually made one now. Oh yeah, I don't really do TikTok. I honestly, I'm not against it or anything. I just wouldn't know where to start. Same.、I、kind of. It's like I like it. It's funny. I will see hilarious TikTok stuff on Instagram, but I just、yeah. don't know where to start with it. Same. I had no idea where to start, but I I learned just because of the nature of my job, and、mm. um, started experimenting with that. It's been fun. So yeah, lockdown is a great time for bursts. So let's start with a little icebreaker, so we can get you a bit warmed up.、Um, so is there anything about you that people assume to be true when they see you that typically is not true? I mean, yeah, there's quite a lot, really.、Um... <laughs> Top three. Well, you'll have to probably be a bit more specific on that.、Um, I mean, most people will have. I think most people have like generally very binary assumptions about everyone. So, you know, most people will will either think that I'm gay or will either think or will think that I'm straight. Probably not. You know, neither.、Um, most people will assume. What's another one? I think the whole you know being. Appearing incredibly white, people tend to make a lot of assumptions there.、Um, what else? Yeah, there's interesting one. When I used to have long hair back in the day, most people assumed I was a woman for a while. Oh my god! When they first met me, and then I would speak, and they'd be like, "Oh my god, sorry." And I'm like, "Yeah, don't worry about it." But... <laughs> Apparently, the unique characteristic of of being a woman is having long hair. Hmm. Yeah, 
interesting. I would love to see a picture. I'll send you one later. <laughs> awesome. So we're going to get into it now. Um, so, you know, the season has been so exciting. We've gotten so many juicy stories and just had tons of laughs already. So I want to dive right into it with you, Dan. When you were growing up, what were the conversations like about sex in your household? Or I like to say the not conversations, because a lot of the times there were no conversations. But let, let's let's take it from there. Yeah, there, there were not to begin with at all. And then when it when there were, it was kind of very, you know, just about this is this is purely about procreation kind of thing. I, I think initially it was very we do not talk about this. Um, so background, I come from a very conservative Jewish family. Um, funny enough, like my mum is not quite, she's quite liberal now, but then back then she was, you know, very, very conservative. Um, so yeah, it, it was not something that was spoken about at all. Um, it was not something that was spoken about in school either. Um, I understand that's, change a lot because it's part of the you know mandatory syllabus you have to teach kids even from a very young age um which i think is good because you know until about the age of 15 a lot of these kids did not even know what it was which you could problems um so yeah it wasn't really spoken about and then i kind of cottoned on to asking about what it was pretty quickly um probably was about seven or eight but it was very much like that's something for adults if we don't ask about it we don't talk about it and then when it was finally sort of you know this is what it is it's it was pretty much you know a very when when a man and a woman love each other very much they try to make a baby and this is how it happens and even then i knew come on there's more to it than that (laughs) you know um so yeah it was it was really not very much spoken about at all it was obviously very strongly discouraged um you probably identify with this one but there was very much a you know that's only something that married people do and you're not even it's impure to even think about it beforehand um or you know yeah so it really wasn't spoken about much yeah, it's basically like sex was a vehicle for pregnancy and marriage yeah. was the contract that allowed you to get pregnant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's pretty funny because all the guests I've had on so far this season have come from conservative families. Um, so I put yourself from the Jewish family and I've had two guests from a Christian background and myself from a Muslim background. So it's quite interesting that I'm drawing these kind of guests onto the show recently. We just grow up and we're like, ah, screw that. Let's become the other way entirely and, you know, talk about it all the time. (laughs) Yeah, that definitely seems to be the case. And I would love to know, like you said that they said when a man and and woman love each other very much, they make a baby. Was that it? Did they not say, like, I I know, like, you hear some people say, they say, oh, they hug each other very tight and then the woman gets pregnant. Oh, no, it was was obviously more than that, but it was very, um, God, I was going to say dry, but, you know, um, it was very to the point. It was, you know, the the, the man takes his penis and he inserts it and, and, you know, all of that. Oh, so they actually gave you the technicals? Yeah, but exactly, but like a very scientific thing to it there was no talk about um the fact that 
it's enjoyable. There was no there was no talk about intimacy. There was no talk about anything like that. But mm. it was very much like this is a thing that is done, and it's purely done for that. They didn't say hug each other very tightly. That's that would be too of... intimate. Well, yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> But I think kids are like quite good at understanding when they're being fobbed off as well. And, you know, because that's just not, uh, what do you mean? That doesn't mean anything, you know? No, yeah. Like, I, I'm, you know, everyone hugs each other very tightly. Like, <laughs> you hugs, you know? <laughs> yeah, true, true. Yeah, that would raise a lot of more questions, I assume. I'm just, I'm just thinking myself, I've never had the sex talk with anyone in my family up until the night before my first marriage so that that is quite common in our community they they will um not not quite the night before but they have what's called uh hasana lessons which is basically yes yeah, i saw this on unorthodox about it. yeah they don't they're not told about it they, they, they even refuse to cover that part of the syllabus in school um so like you have the kids doing like the biology GCSEs and they just skip that part of the exam. Wow. And then yeah, like a week or so before they get married, they get they they get sat down. You know, some rabbi will tell them all about what it actually is. It's quite incredible to, because you know, I mean, yes, these people do tend to get married very young, but even then, you know, we're still talking like eighteen, nineteen, not knowing what it is. And then presumably not knowing why they were getting married. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I believe like, like I've watched the series Unorthodox and I, I know you haven't watched it yet. Mm, no, not yet. But in, in that series, they, um, spoilers alert for anyone who has watched, hasn't watched it and intends to. But uh, yeah, in the series, the main character, she has this uh, condition that I actually, it's very—it's a very common condition that people from very strict households get, where it's kind of, I think it's called vaginitis or something like that. And the, the stress, because they get so stressed about having sex and because it wasn't thought to them in a healthy way, their body actually gets too tight to receive any intimacy and yeah. they they have to go there's actually i saw a documentary on it once where they have to go in for like a certain sort of therapy to work yeah. through that and she, yeah she showed her difficulty with that in this doc, in this uh, series which i was like telling my friends that is actually quite a common thing amongst people coming from these kind of backgrounds i, I haven't heard about it in that context but obviously because you know imagine like an orthodox from jewish girls home that's about her vagina that's just not going to happen but um i have definitely <laughs> i've definitely heard that from yeah from people who were maybe like the first few times very nervous or whatever yeah i mean i i'm not i can't speak for a jewish background because that's not obviously my experience but i know like in my own community in my own culture i know that a lot of women have had these issues um for the yeah. first few months of their marriage or they had the stress i mean i know in my community girls used to be stressed out about it from the time we were in high school you know we used to actually talk about it in high school and i someone i remember one girl saying that oh my god it's so small down there how does it fit inside <laughs> creating the stress um yeah <laughs> the thing is everyone has that like everyone has you know the first time is always you know, you're nervous, you don't quite know what you're doing, it's not very good, it's a bit stressful, you know, I, I can imagine if you're receiving it's a bit painful, like, 
it's never going to be great the first time, but I think the longer you leave it, it's kind of like with anything really, the longer you leave it, the more you build it up, the, mm. the, the more difficult that first time. It's the same with a, an awkward conversation, really. You know? No, for sure. And I think that also other like psychological impacts of, of like, someone who get, who has that actual condition is also the things they are told around it so like mm. if you are told that it's you know it's only for procreation it's not supposed to be joyful it tenses you up even more yeah um and yeah because you probably think okay again not really spoken to anyone about that specifically but to you know on a parallel thing um people from that background who are not able to conceive and there's this massive stigma because, you know, for a while they, that is a huge part of their value, or at mm. least that's, you know, that's how it's sort of presented. And a, 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 someone who, who can't give birth is like, well, what, what's their know? purpose? Yeah, what's the purpose? Because mm. apparently that's. <laughs> that, that, yeah. yeah. No, I, I get it. Uh, and yeah. then the funny thing is, is with a lot of those people, and, and this is something that I, I do hear a lot, is they actually often do end up conceiving years down the line when they've kind of given up on it. Mm, yeah, that happens for sure. Well, let's go back to you because uh, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm spiraling into something that <laughs> you're trying to relate to here, yeah, but... <laughs> I've I've listened to your podcast, Tangents or <laughs> I just want to interrupt you listening for a brief second just to remind you to check out my social media pages. I'm on Instagram as Refreshingly Human Podcast and Facebook as Refreshingly Human. You can also check me out on LinkedIn as Hannah Pillow. And if you are enjoying the episode, please don't forget to take a screenshot of yourself listening to the episode and share it on your own social media. Don't forget to tag me so I can see that love for Refreshingly Human. Now I'll let you get back to the episode. But yeah, um, so how did what you were told or not told impact your own relationship with sex growing up? I would say it probably still does to an extent. Because um, obviously you have the... this severe lack of information um and you know you you so so you've you've either got the choice of you know many people would just go through and just not know anything about it and then you have people like me who are very curious and find other ways to to find out about it and and so in a way that was kind of good because i think even now the kind of stuff that that would be taught is probably not at the, the level of you know it's not quite as comprehensive as I would like it to be and I found out a lot more by sort of finding it out on my own but you know there were I would say I would say the information was one thing but then you know you, when it comes to you know stigmas how comfortable or uncomfortable you might feel about talking about sex um that's you know that's still something that's kind of hard to get over um and I kind of think that's the most important thing. You know, I think we should all be having a lot more. You know, there's a, there's an unwritten rule in in the Toastmasters of regards. You never talk about um, religion, politics, or sex. And I think that's the three things that we should be talking as much as possible about. Is that um, really a law? Because our, our group gets an very. <laughs> it's, it's an unofficial law that we definitely don't follow. Um, <laughs> I think but, politics yeah. is always on the table in our group. <laughs> right but sex still isn't i think you know even 
you know, it's it's all very well to to sort of point at the community that I come from and say, oh, you know, they're very they're very shut in and everything. But British society in general is very caught up about sex and doesn't like to talk about it and have conversations about it. Um, so that and and what makes it you you all it's always something that you're finding out more about. It's always it's always something that you you need to talk about. I think you know, good sex comes from having conversations about it to begin with so um and obviously there's all the different stigmas you have you know with it when we were taught about it it was purely a you know sort of this is done between a married man and a married woman and it's a very either impure or sacred act depending on who was talking about it and it's only for children only for creating children and it's only um for married people so then you're like okay well i want to do it just because it feels good and I have no interest in getting married to this person or having kids and it might not necessarily be a woman like there's obviously going to be a huge amount of um issues that you're dealing with constantly um whenever you're going through any of that you know um because you know just yes sex is pleasurable that is natural but you're sort of taught that it's not even down to the very fact that you have this sort of lazy science around, um, oh, love is just a, a way to perpetuate the species. No, it's not. It's because we like intimacy. We, we like being around each other. Oh, yeah, um, for sure. It, I mean, it, I mean, nowadays we've like we've evolved into s- such a species that people, a lot of people don't even want kids, but they still want sex. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's not like you sort of right. We've had the three kids. We might as well just go our separate ways now. You know, why do why do people get remarried at the age of you know forty, fifty? I mean, they are not having children. <laughs> it doesn't matter how many times they go at it. You know. Mm. Um, so yeah, I, I think that there's there's lo- lots of sort of different mental hangups you get when you sort of your percent when like my personal perception around sex is pretty much everything but what we were told it was for that's like a light bulb in my head i think that a lot of cultures still have you know that that um this is what sex is for and you know i know i know people from from my own background i like again i can only speak for people that i know of um who had these like they have tons of kids and i know that they have intimacy issues in their relationship because you know the man wants to have sex but the woman was thought that sex is not supposed to be pleasurable and doesn't want to have sex so you have these relationship dynamic problems that come about from people who have not gone back and assessed their sexual education should i say yeah i mean there's you know different people have different sex drives at different times in their life exactly you have to be okay with that and especially, you know, before or after pregnancy, um, it, what your mental state is, you know. I, I mean, I think right now people are either horny as hell or don't <laughs> even want to think about it, you know. Uh, um, lots of COVID babies, right? Apparently it's the opposite. Is it? I don't know. In my in my circle, it's definitely a lot of COVID babies. Like, and I, I, I think, like, all my cousins. I, just, I saw a thing in the... I don't know about over here, but I did see a news a news headline a, a couple of weeks ago in the US about there being a baby. Um, what's the opposite of boom? 
there was a sort of market Shop. option. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, yes, people are locked up together, but equally, a single people aren't, you know, pairing up. Um, and people probably think, I can't really imagine people thinking this is a good time to have a child. Yeah. No, that that's true. Although I know in my in my circle, a lot of people are still having kids right now, and I mean, if the time is right, the time is right. Yeah, but I mean, if you are going to plan, then you're probably going to not want to plan when you literally can't leave the house. <laughs> I know, right? There's been like two in my family in the past couple months. Oh, going to cope. <laughs> there's so many in my family. I can't even count. Um, so many. Yeah insane um i can tell you that that's not going to be me knock on wood <laughs> i don't know it it scares me as a woman i don't know like if women can say this out loud but it freaking scares me to grow a fetus inside of me and walk around with that thing all the time yeah and and, and like what it does to you but because it's not like i mean a lot of different animals have like ways of handling this and for humans it seems to be like just just there's no special place that the baby goes it just displaces everything else and then you just oh. have to hope it works out eventually like. so uncomfortable like <laughs> i i know someone right now who's due any minute and her baby is 3.5 kilograms and she <sighs> is carrying that around my god yeah i no. i just i'm sorry that just terrifies me i mean holler holler to all the mamas out there but i don't know if that's for me <laughs> exactly like uh, it's it's a big ask right it's a big ask you know I, I i always tell my husband i'm like i wish you could do this like i wish you could carry the baby and you know just like tag me out of this <laughs> yeah different story um... <laughs> so right now what would you think your relationship with sex is uh right now we are not on the best of terms because you know we haven't i haven't left the house in I don't know how long. So it's a bit of a sort of, I'll, I'll talk to you soon kind of thing. Um, <laughs> okay, let's not but, say right now, right now. Let's say in this era of time. Do you think your relationship with sex has gotten healthier? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, like I say, it's it's um, it's something that I I think is, you know, it's, it's, it's one thing to just be fun. I actually think it's very interesting. And I think it's something that it's probably quite different. My relationship is probably quite different with a lot of people. Like, for example, I, you know, one of, one of the things I think we've, we've spoken about previously was like the idea of, um, I think you can have um, a huge amount of intimacy from someone who you only ever sleep with once and maybe never speak to again. Um, and that can actually end up being, you know, one of the most intimate experiences you have. Um, obviously, you know, there's there's the whole, um, I think queer people in general are a lot more open about talking about sex, um, willing to explore things differently, a lot more, a lot more different things and, and just have conversations with each other about it. If you, it with my friends it's one of the main things we talk about is basically that drama and drag race um <laughs> and so yeah it's it's something that i do talk about a lot more and i i like just finding out about you know what does it for different people and why that might be i think it's you know quite interesting um and yes i i, I like sort of 
exploring it in different ways. So it's it's definitely a lot healthier and a lot more comfortable talking about it in the right situations. Obviously, there's some people who I'm just like, no, this is weird. We're not we're not going to have this conversation, but. Yeah, no, I, I totally get that, and I think like I, I as well, I love talking openly about sex, but I think I've never been in your social circle, so I, I know, I know what you're trying to say though, because I'm very open with like sexual talk, and it's you don't always find people are very comfortable with that level of openness. Um, yeah. You know, even and just like saying we had sex is like you know everyone has to use a euphemism for it. Like, <laughs> okay, like go over it. Everyone does it. <laughs> no, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I like I like to say things in a cute way just because I think it's funny. So I I tell my girlfriends that we had nighttime fun fun times last night just <laughs> just because I like to be cute and stupid. But I totally get what you mean. <laughs> We had sex loss. It just sounds boring. I like to say it in a more fun way. <laughs> yeah, you know, like I humped his brains out last night. It's more fun to say it that way. Again, like that's fine, but people won't tend to say that. They'll they'll mm. you know, they'll use a euphemism. Yeah. Um, which again, I mean obviously if you don't feel comfortable talking about it, don't. But I, I just I think a lot of people do have hang ups talking about it. Um, yeah. Or are the complete other way. Um where They'll talk about it, but in like a very weird way. Explain, um, like, paint a picture for us. So, when I talk with my friends about just sex, and it'll be you know not just you know sort of playing vanilla sex, it'll be whatever, and we'll go into very graphic detail. Um, but it's not really just, it's not so much about the activities, it's about like how it makes you feel and what you're getting out of it and why you enjoy it. One of the things I found with some of my other friends, um, predominantly straight men, this is a thing that they tend to do where it's more, it's not really about enjoying the sex so much as enjoying the conquest and it starts to get very weird. You know, mm. it's like, oh yeah, I bent her over and did this and, you know, and oh yeah, did you enjoy it? well, you know, she loved it. Like, that, that's not the point. Like, what did you get out of these things that you're telling me you did, you know? Yeah. And that speaks to what we are thought about sex, doesn't it, though? Like, it, it speaks to that a man is thought to, like, that they have to be the pleasure, the ones to pleasure the woman and the woman is the receiver. It is something that is a bit of, a, I think, old school education when it comes to sex. Yeah, and the, the dominance thing as well. It's sort of assumed that the man is the dominant one in that. Oh, yeah. that That is another assumption, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think it's fascinating that you have these conversations so openly. I can honestly say that I don't. <laughs> and um, it's definitely, I, I think it's healthy. Um, I like to talk about the things I enjoy, and that's one of the things I enjoy the most, you know. So, like, why not have, why not talk about it? Yeah, um, I mean, we talk about the foods we enjoy, the exactly. types of foods we enjoy. There's, there's, like, various TV shows about that. Mm. Yeah, um, not many TV shows about sex, to be honest. No. There are a few. Are there any good ones, though? I think, like, there are ones that are coming out recently. I haven't actually looked into them myself. Um, um, sex Education was really good. Was it? Uh, I I didn't watch... It was funny as hell. Okay. So. I'll check it out. Yeah, I know. I know things are coming out that are a bit 
a lot more progressive, a lot more open. Yeah, I, I think with the internet again, like when, when things go out on, online, there's probably a lot more, you know, even just a, your bog standard Netflix TV show will have a lot more than ever before because they don't have to get around TV sensors and movie sensors, do they? they <laughs> the good old days, right? <laughs> whatever they want on, can't they? <laughs> Yeah, we we had we had a lot of things to conquer, a lot of bar- barriers to get through to get get to information back back in the day. Um, yeah, I I learned the word sex from a freaking dictionary. Like seriously, from a dictionary. Like um, mm. I was I was with this group of older kids, and uh, they were trying to intimidate me, and they were like, "Oh, they were they were having like a teenage conversation," and I must have been like maybe 10 or 11 and they were like whispering about sex and then they were looking at me and they were like do you know what sex is and I was like no and they gave me a dictionary <laughs> with a very bad definition and it was I can't even remember what it was but I still was like I have no freaking idea what you guys are talking about <laughs> <laughs> and then I went and I and I figured it out Right, I had to find the answers myself. What is yeah. this sex? <laughs> um, it is like such a, a large term that encompasses so much as well. No, yeah, for sure. I don't. I don't like exactly. I can't even exactly remember like when I did actually learn about what sex was, and like I, I can't actually remember that much. Um, I I don't know why. I guess we it just wasn't spoken about that much. That was the only memory I actually do remember about sex, um, yeah. about finding out about sex. I mean, I guess the next one would be that we did it in biology class. We didn't do it in biology class. We learned about it in biology yeah. class. It would be really different if we did it in biology class. No, that would be weird, yeah. Um, <laughs> but, but that's the thing is we don't actually do sex we don't learn about sex in biology class we learn about sexual reproduction and yeah it's very you know it's it, it's completely different oh yeah it, um i mean i don't know what they're being taught about now but you know there's no they, they don't talk about you know intimacy they don't talk about love they don't talk about pleasure they definitely don't talk about consent um and i think all of those are the things that are much more important to talk about before talking about reproduction to be honest yeah, it should be a whole syllabus, really, shouldn't it? Yeah, I mean, I think it is now. There was like a lot of controversy that they started teaching. They started like doing it with um, younger school kids because they're basically teaching kids consent, you know, from a very young age, which is a no kind of really. Yeah, it's uh, needed. Yeah, but apparently, you know, they, you always have that sort of brigade of conservatives who are like, you know won't someone think of the children we have to protect the children by denying them information and and that ends up harming them by you know not teaching kids about consent and that leads Mm. places um there was definitely issues in the schools that i went to there um people (laughs) went to prison for it um wait did the because the kids didn't know about what it was and didn't know about consent um you know they don't you you need to teach kids about it at a young age and and again not just not just opposite sort of heterosexual sex but you know um of all kinds because Mm. then otherwise the reason why so many queer people have so much trauma is because it's not taught about in school and they sort of just grow up thinking that they're weird Mm. 
like I don't know what's being taught in schools right now either. Um, I have like a vague idea, but I remember when they started teaching um, in the UK about um, like they, I think they starting to teach them about like you said like uh, being gay and um, you know different types of sexuality from a very young age. I remember that my my family were crazy upset about that. And uh, they were like just throwing a huge fuss about how could you teach this to kids and you brainwashing children and blah blah blah, and yeah. What well, they're the ones brainwashing children. <laughs> they would they would by, not by see it. Everyone, like they're brainwashing children by saying that, that 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 straightness is the only thing that's valid. They're brainwashing children by, you know, the the sort of this is how you do a wedding and it's a boy and a girl or the prince gets the princess. They're brainwashing children pretty much as soon as they they're born that this is the way you have to be and you know so i think it's only right that they actually get taught well no it's not yeah no absolutely it's their it's their right to be thought what's what's there what's in the world what's what's real <laughs> you know mm. they have a right to know these things and uh, they need to be thought for sure um I'm I'm not sure if you are aware of the things that I've actually learned from you um, just through conversations. I don't know if you know, like I've actually had like one or two aha moments with you. And I was like, oh, my God, I never thought about that. Uh, do, you, do you think you know which one when one of these aha moments were? Well, you didn't know I had long hair. Um, there was an aha moment when I was talking about how most people enjoy sex for everything but the reasons that we're told about. Okay, that would be the third one. So there were two more prior to that. Oh, gosh, go on. <laughs> okay, we'll start, rewind back to the first one. So this is this is just so Dan and I, just for the listeners, Dan and I are friends from um, a Toastmasters group that we go to together. And uh, yeah, like so, you you do you said that you speak very openly with your own friends about about sex, and I I don't believe we have had very open conversations about sex. We haven't. Uh, no, I think we I think did have one at some point. Yeah, when you were first asking me to to do this, we, we did have a bit of a conversation yeah yeah a... when we were out on the walk, and that was the yeah. first time you gave me an aha moment as well. But yeah. I think. I think that it's maybe like I think the conversations we have were not as as open as it probably is with your friends, for example. Oh, oh gosh, no! But yeah. it's taken a while to it's taken a while to get to that place. Yeah, so th these are just like I think casual conversations that we had, but it's just that I think you have such a different world and a, such a different experience than I do. So some of mm. the things you say to me, I'm kind of like. Oh my god, I didn't even think about that. I didn't even realize. And the one thing it might sound like such a trivial thing, but you were saying that when when you have to be with a man, you have to discuss who does what. And I was like, "Oh my god, I never realized that that was something you had to do." <laughs> I never realized. And I was like, "Well, that makes sense. Like something I just never knew or never thought about." It's it's quite that's quite an informal. That's normally like top or bottom, but yeah. Um... <laughs> okay. But yeah, I, I mean, I think like there is a lot more exploration that's done because you know you sort of you you have to sort of re rediscover sexuality if if your sexuality doesn't doesn't conform to what what's sort of taught when you're a kid, 
you have to do a lot of exploration and therefore mm. you you do become a lot more curious about it and you do become a lot more open to different things and you do become a lot more um willing to discuss it openly because you kind of have to you no. know there, there, there are points where you sort of have to turn around to your friends and say so is this normal um oh, okay that's interesting I mean, that, that that comes you know and that obviously goes places but it, it, it's quite a normal i think it's quite a normal progression to just end up being a lot more open about these things mm. and a lot more curious if you're yeah i mean i think for me like when you said that it was kind of like i take for granted that like because i'm um was it hetero hetero yeah, yeah. <laughs> so i don't even know what i am but yeah because i am heterosexual it's kind of like i don't even have to think about you know having this like there is a conversation that needs to be had obviously um but once you have it once off you don't have to have it every single time you don't have to say who has to do what every single time uh it's i think it's a lot less of a conversation that's needed afterwards um i don't i guess i mean i guess it's getting up to doesn't it yeah and i guess it depends on like for me it's like it's just me and my husband um you know i guess like like you said it would depend what it is but more often than not we don't have to have the big conversations we've had it yeah already and we know what's what yeah um but yeah i mean i guess if things change then i mean you know i i don't think i've been in a relationship for as long as you have so you know there's obviously it it does get less over time because you know you, you there are definitely things like I think when you're first starting out with anyone who you've not been with before, there's so much like, you know, how do you like this? How do you like this? You know, and that's different for everyone. And yeah, the better you get to know someone, the more you know they like this, um, which is good. But you do need to talk about that. Mm. Um, A lot of people don't. A lot of people just get straight into it. Yeah, it's a tough, I mean, I I guess it's tough to have because a lot of us haven't grown up talking about sex so talking about Mm. sex can be a difficult conversation to have um but definitely i agree that if if you do feel comfortable enough having this with your partner having this talk with your partner which to be honest if it's your life partner you should feel comfortable talking to them about it (laughs) um but yeah once you do it's you know there's so much of benefits to having those open conversations and um I mentioned it already on another episode here, but it's just our relationship is like if you're in a long committed relationship, it's all obviously it's a lot more than sex, but sex is still a big part of it. Right. Yeah. It's, it still is, you know, and I think that if you're not sexually compatible with someone from the very early on, it's going to cause issues in a relationship. Yeah, I mean, that that's kind of quite important, really, isn't it? I mean. That's not to say it's the most important thing. Um, you know, there are there are people who who get into relationships who who don't who aren't interested in having sex. I mean, asexual people mm. will still you know end up in relationships, and you know there are people who will have open relationships where they maybe you know they get one you know they're not quite getting something from one person, or, or you know they're just not a monogamous person um but yeah i think i think like 
good sex is definitely going to be an important part for well any, definitely any relationship i'd be in i mean <laughs> same otherwise here <laughs> it's just like can we just be friends please <laughs> really good friends yeah 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 i mean yeah i guess like i guess that's another thing you know sex means different things to different people and i and that's why it's important to have the conversation what does sex mean to you how important is it how frequently do you want do you expect to be having sex um you know, mm-hmm. these 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 are important questions that we need to be talking about. Yeah, and mm. recognizing that you know, you know, no one's going to be a hundred percent compatible as well. Like you have to. Oh yeah, going to be some some give and take. Oh yeah, for um, sure. I mean, with sexual compatibility, you can still have a partner. You can have one partner who has a higher sex drive and one partner who has a lower sex drive, and they can still make it work. The thing is that you talk about it and you yeah. know what is expected. You know, you know, you know how to balance it out basically, and and what works. Yeah, absolutely. Um... I think it's more like um, if you like that person and if you are not completely selfish, you're going to find a way to make it work. And even if you don't necessarily, I think one big thing is like, for instance, you know, liking the same things. Um, You know, people will have different preferences in the bedroom and, you know, they might, you might like some of the same things and then, you know, it, it can diverge pretty quickly. I think if you actually like that person well enough and you respect that person, like you will try and make it work, even if it's maybe something you're not quite into right now. Yeah. I mean, just saying that out loud, it's kind of like anything in a relationship. We don't have to be exactly alike yeah. for, for any aspect of our relationship. But oh, I think that, that that just having those conversations so you know what the other person is like. So even if it's about yeah. sex, even if it's about a personality, even if it's, um, you know, something as trivial as your sleeping patterns, you just you just know. Okay. Right, it's the sleeping pattern thing is the, the the problem there. To be honest, because like I mean, I'll <laughs> I'll watch TV I don't enjoy. I'll try things if that makes you feel good. But if you're going to bed at a different time to me and we've got that, that's not going to work. <laughs> okay, we we found you. We found you. Well, yeah. I mean, it's it's quite funny. Like my my husband and I actually we do most of the time go to bed at the same time. But it's also because I'm a bit demanding and I need I, I want his attention, so I kind of like insist that he comes to bed <laughs> with me. <laughs> um, but there, I think there's like the odd night where one of us would be up later than the other, but most of the time we are going to bed together at the same time, and that is something that's important to me, and uh, I think it's become important to him as well. Um, yeah. But again, if, it's if I can't sleep, I just get pissed off. <laughs> Yeah, I, I get what you mean. Um, so you're a very light sleeper, basically. Yeah, yeah. And especially yeah. like that first... <sighs> so if I get woken up in like the, my first cycle, so if like someone um, someone wakes me up, say, an hour after I've gone to bed, I, I'm just not going to sleep that night. Yeah, no, I get you. Yeah. So, sleep hygiene is just, yeah, it, it's complicated. It's so different for everyone. Mm-hmm. Well, we never got to the second aha moment, which is a bit bigger than the first one. How? Uh, this was when we were watching Shit's Creek together. 
Uh-huh. And we were it's David, right? David's the main character, right? One of the main characters. Yep, yep. And I said something very innocently meaning and so I said that oh um my my gaida my gaida is broken and you were like that's okay because there's no such thing and I was like fuck <laughs> he's right. <laughs> And then I kind of, yeah. I kind of realized one of the big um, stereotypes and assumptions that I was holding on to because we grew up, or I grew up with this very typical gay character on television that, you know, the stereotypical gay, but I mean, that's just a personality type. It doesn't have to mean that this person is gay or it doesn't have to... Yes and no. So there is definitely a big stereotype. You know, the, the, the gay guy has to be sort of very emotional and minces around a lot and has limp wrists and all of that. And um, that's a stereotype. And, you know, the gaydar kind of comes off that. But at the same time, a lot of, <clears throat> especially older media depictions of queer people, they would, they would kind of code it so that they would have those attributes to signify that this is a gay character because for a very long time they weren't allowed to say that uh -huh. this was a gay character. Um, it was legal. So you had these these characters who, who, who were canonically gay, but they couldn't actually write them as such. So that they would say, you know, they were very flamboyant dresser or something like that. So they would say they're gay without actually saying they're gay. And I guess what yeah. this kind of did to a lot of us is kind of like imprinted what a gay person is in our head. Like yeah. a, 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 that's where the profile, you know, comes from. Yeah. And I guess like my aha moment was like, but that does that doesn't always have to be the case. Yeah. Well, absolutely not. I mean, you know, just like with, just like with sort of anyone really, you know, people people come in all different ways and have all different yeah. types of personalities and whether or not you like men or women is in generally quite independent of yeah. that. I mean, nowadays we have, um, what's it called? I, you know, me, labels are so, I'm so bad at labels because I don't like them. But mm -hmm. um, yeah, we have, we have a lot of um, straight men who are, you know, who have these characteristics and... Um, you know what do they call them nowadays? The the man who's like into grooming and uh, fashion. Fully um, fleshed oh. adult. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> I wish that's what they called them. <laughs> Functional. <laughs> Your terms are way better than the term I'm blanking on. <laughs> I kind of would hope most people would groom themselves. And, and... Well, yeah, I mean, exactly. I, I think so too, but there's actually a term for these men. Uh, and I really cannot think of it right now. But anyways, um, the thing is, like, with, with these kind of men, I think a lot of people assume that they are gay because of the these characteristics, which... Oh, gosh, yeah. I, I remember once having, when I used to work on the... the... Uh, foundation helpline which is um, a charity I used to work at and you did have people calling up or emailing and this woman calls me up and she's like I I'm, I'm convinced my husband is gay and I don't know what to do about it and I was like well how what makes you say that it's like he, he you know he, he he likes clothes and fashion and, and he's very uh, he's very open about his emotions and he hugs his friends and I was like 
Which sounds like an emotionally healthy adult. I, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I think you should like take all these labels that we have and like rename them into like realistic life-like things. <laughs> yeah. It, um, I, 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 you know, there might there might be something to that that maybe maybe gay men are maybe more, but queer people in general are more sort of less likely to follow the whole you know men have to be like this and women have to be like this um you know that because you know if if you definitely have people who are like i'm not doing that because i because women do that or i mean there was like a thing early on in the pandemic that men were less likely to wear masks than women because they thought it was effeminate and soft really um yeah, I, I, but, I don't know what straight men you were hanging out with, it, by the it way. Was, no, it was a, it was an, a national survey. Okay, that that's crazy. It was a national survey, yeah. That's insane. Um, I guess I've been hanging out with the right straight men. <laughs> yeah, but the, you know, the, it's it's just uh, it's very weird. But it's, I, it's I think weird. I think maybe once you decide that actually you know none of these rules about how emotional you're allowed to be or what things you're allowed to like um once once you realize that they're just kind of nonsensical then yeah you're probably more likely to mm-hmm. blur things up and you know gay women are more likely to like things that are stereotypically guy things because why can't they be also for women as well you know um, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I I totally get what you mean there, and I think I'm like I I don't know about the queer com- community because that's kind of like your circle, but I know like from from my circle and the people that I hang out with, and um, I think that as a generation we are moving towards these, um, you know, letting go of these labels, letting go of these stereotypes, letting go of these yeah. borders of male and female, and I know like um, I have a lot of male friends who are perfectly straight and they embrace liking the co- the color pink they love bright colors they love good fashion um yeah and yeah and i mean i can have these conversations with them um that i i would have with a with a girlfriend and there's no you know these these lines and they don't have to be there anymore and i think our generation is becoming aware of them oh absolutely absolutely like it's it's definitely a lot a lot more a lot better now than it used to. I mean, even just the, the very fact of like having emotions and acknowledging them used to be like, be a man, pull yourself together. You can't be upset. Be oh a gosh. man. You know? I, I still have men like that in my family. I had I had a, a very masculine figure tell me not so long ago, I can't afford to have emotions right now. I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake, fuck off with that. Yeah, you're not a robot. <laughs> <laughs> like, I honestly stopped asking this person about how they're feeling because they were like, they need to put up this man guard. And I was like, yeah, you take your yeah. man guard somewhere else. I'm, I, I it can't. Just, it just emotionally stunts you. And it, just, it really, really harms you in the like, long run. But... At a time that men were, you know, taught don't show emotions. You can't, you can't cry. You can't be sad. You can't, you know, be upset about something. You know, you, your acceptable emotions are happy, uh, amused, um, and angry and horny, mm-hmm. and that's about it. And you know, we're obviously a lot more complex than that, and, and obviously men have a much wider range of that and you're just not allowed to show it and then suppress it and then you have mm. all other kind of 
Yeah. I mean, humans have a wider range of that. Our emotions are all over the place. And we're definitely much better at talking about that now than we used to be. Still a ways to go. Oh, still. I think I'm hoping we're on the right track with it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, we're going to start rounding off now. I'm fascinated by this conversation. I think we can take it like take it so much further. Um, but let's just go with what do you wish you were told about sex growing up? So, uh, I think we've covered this pretty thoroughly. So let's go. Let's go. What do I wish we were told about sex growing up? Um, sex is a much wider umbrella um, than just vaginal penetration with a penis it is pretty much whatever you want it to be really it's just about it's it's about pleasure it's about intimacy it's about human connection yes it's also about procreation it can be between a man and a woman two men two women a combination thereof whatever um i definitely wish i was told that definitely wish that the ideas of the 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 this the focus was more on on pleasure on consent on um different orientations um and yes the you know i i just kind of wish that was covered in a lot more obviously i'm not necessarily you know saying you know this is what a safe word is but you know just the concept that you know, people enjoy themselves in different ways and you should be, you, you know, exploring that is healthy. I think, I think I wish there was a lot more of that. Yeah. So, and yeah. And hopefully that's something that is becoming a reality or something we're moving towards now. Um, yeah. One question I would have is like, who do you wish would have told you these things? Like, would you have preferred hearing it from say your teachers or would you have preferred having these conversations with your parents um i i I kind of think both i think both parents and teachers are are supposed to be responsible for for raising and educating children and so just like with anything really it should come from both love that i love that yeah I, i i really hope that we are you know becoming a generation that would be more open with our kids about these top not just the, not yeah. just the topic of sex but all sorts of topics everything, <laughs> everything. I mean, it, yeah well i mean like it, with my mom now it is actually a lot more open and we do have those you know we, we are a lot more open about it which is good um it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be an awkward convert you know that you have that sort of you know there's always the sketch of like the parents and the kids having the talk and how awkward it is doesn't have to be i yeah i talk to my mom quite often about sex and it's never awkward that's amazing it's funny good for you i mean i i still can't have any like my my mom still has like really really tight um conservative um things about sex like one example is that i i love g-strings and i always loved um buying them from the time i was young and on my first marriage i bought like a whole lot of g-strings and my mom was like um she was like okay with it because i was getting married and was like okay yeah you're getting married you need to wear like the sexy lingerie that's fine so she just like turned a blind eye and then in my first marriage i think it was like two or three years into the marriage i i went out and i bought more g-strings and then she was like you still wear, wearing those things? 
I was like, yeah, I like them. I didn't like. I didn't honestly didn't buy them for my husband. I bought them because I like them. <laughs> you know. Do you? I, I have to ask. Do people actually wear that? That, that is the first time I've heard that. Have you? Because I like it. Yeah. I I only know people who wear thongs because they look good. Um. No, I actually like them. Um. Oh. Yeah. I, I. They do look good. Um. And I do like the way my ass looks in it. Sure. Um, I, I like I like the fact that you don't get a panty line when you're wearing something, but I also think that they're a lot more um, for me. They're a lot more comfortable if uh, if you have a very soft tushy like mine. <laughs> they're a lot more comfortable than something hugging me. All right, fair enough. Fair enough. Mm. So I, I quite like it, but yeah. yeah. Oh, there was one other thing which you kind of reminded me of with that, which was we we had a very <laughs> segregated. Thing. boys and girls were kept separate and again you might have had this we were kept very separate that that lasts so um yeah definitely wish there was more mixing there because you learn to flirt when you're a kid and i had to relearn that in my 20s which was not fun because it's hard to learn that yeah. isn't it i i was the same um i was told that a man and a woman cannot be a boy or a girl cannot just be friends the the shaitan or devil is in between them and they will most definitely become sexually attracted to each other so you can never just be friends with a male and that's what i was i had learned until a very late age i believed that to be true yeah. and it took a lot of um unlearning to realize that you know what i'm not attracted to every single male i talk to <laughs> Yeah, but then you've got to sort of learn how to flirt when you're old, you know, when you're an adult. Yeah, so. yeah, that's true too. Yeah, and and and, and I guess there. there's another thing is that you can be attracted to a male but still be friends with them. Um, it's, Absolutely, it's, you know. I mean, I mean, I am fully into most of my friends. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I I find a lot of my female friends attractive. You know, I mean, I've been questioned if I was bi just because I find females attractive, and I was like. I know I'm not bi because uh, I find females attractive because I just think that they are beautiful creatures and I appreciate beauty. Um, but I'm not Fair sexually enough. attracted to them. I, you know, I don't want to have sex with a female, so I know I'm not bi. Fair enough. Yeah. But, I mean, it's something I actually did think very deeply about when someone questioned me about it. And it's something that I thought I needed to experiment with. But the more I thought about it, the more I was like, nope, I'm good. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> Like, it's obviously, you know, everyone's got their own, everyone's got their own relationship with sex and sexuality. And, you know, that can change. And that is something that oh, yeah. you might not fully know straight away. And, you know, no one else can really tell you what you are or aren't. True. And I like, I like that you said that could change because, you know, I don't know, like, in the future, I might meet a woman that I actually am sexually attracted to. And, you know, yeah. that things change. We don't, I don't know. I can't say for sure that's never going to happen. It's it, one of the problems we're dealing with is there's so much of, like, you know, what you're taught to begin with that you have to sort of get over. So, you know, you, you're constantly figuring it out. But, you know, I wouldn't let anyone tell you, just like I wouldn't let anyone tell me you know what what label i'm supposed to have mm. this is why i use queer rather than anything else because i'm not really going with you know i missed that or the other you know no one can tell you you know what, 
what you are what you are whether you're straight or not or whether you're bi or not or anything like that it's mm. purely up to you to decide and that might change tomorrow and, yeah, yeah. And, and it's nobody's business you know it's not no, like not really yeah <laughs> you know unless you unless you want to have sex with them it's it's nobody's business pretty much yeah <laughs> <laughs> Well, that was fun, Dan. Thanks so much for joining me. Do you have any final words of wisdom? I think we had many aha moments on this episode as well. I, I know yeah, I did. Yeah, we, we really did. Um, I don't know. Talk about sex more. Have fun with it. It's not weird unless you make it weird to talk about. So just... We are naming this episode yeah. that. It's not <laughs> weird unless you make it weird to talk about. Totally naming that this this episode. <laughs> I thought it was going to be let's talk about sex, baby. Oh, I thought that was. I thought that's what you wanted me to name the whole season. Ah, oh, yeah, that's no, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, uh, that's fair. <laughs> and your 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 episode will be sex. It's not weird unless you make it weird. All right, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> Love it. All right, thanks, Dan, and uh, see you all next time. Yeah. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Refreshingly Human with myself, Hannah Pillow. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, don't forget to share it with a friend you think would enjoy the content as well. You can also leave me a review on iTunes or podchaser.com. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Refreshingly Human Podcast, Facebook as Refreshingly Human, and LinkedIn as Hannah Pillow. And I'll see you guys on the next episode. Music and podcast editing by Tonekeeper Productions. Visit www.tonekeeperproductions.com.